Welcome to the Mediocre Outdoor Podcast, where I talk about the old ways in a new way. Technology is great, but knowing how it used to be done can only progress us further. So join me and my guests as we talk about everything from canning to skiing and everything in between. Alright guys, here we go with a new episode. This one is about overlanding or otherwise four-wheel drive camping. So, um, it's pretty cool, something that I've always been interested in, but never really got into a whole lot. Uh, the guy that we talked with today is what I would consider pretty much a professional at it. Um, he's been doing it a long time, and he, uh, he spends a lot of time and energy doing this. So, really cool uh, interview, conversation. And uh, the only thing I want to specify, I'll let you guys know ahead of time, is this is the first time I've done a phone interview with my new recording system. So I'm still kind of tweaking the uh, the voices and getting everybody on the same tune. So you'll notice that I'm a little bit weak, um, weak voiced, and he will be a little bit loud. So it, I, I've tried tweaking it a little bit and editing, but um, every time I do it sounds funky. So I decided to just... Go with it, and um, hopefully next time I'll be able to get the volumes just a little better and learn as I go. So um, sorry for the the mismatch uh, pitches on the voices, but uh, a lot of good information. I hope you guys enjoy it. Here we go. Uh, my name is Brent Conklin, and um, I have a uh, a nurse cruiser that we run around the, the western United States with with my wife Cheryl and our two dogs rusty and riley and we have a um a youtube uh, site called whiskey seven Backroads, and we just like to go explore um and get off the the main roads and uh, i.e the back road and um go out and explore different places and uh, see what we can find all right yeah that's that sounds like uh sounds like quite an adventure so my thing I want to uh, I want kind of want to start off with that intrigues me is the uh, the Earth Cruiser. So, uh, what is the chassis on that thing? Is that a is that a Unimog or what is that thing? Yeah, that it's not a Unimog. It's 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 a Fuso. So it's basically a Mitsubishi Fuso FG four x four Canter is technically what that um, is. Um, it is very similar. Um, other than the four-wheel drive portion of it, to the delivery vans that you see running around. So there's a lot of these Fuso delivery vans. This one is a, a selected select part of the market that they do that has a, a four-wheel drive portion to it. So um, technically, it's a it's a Mitsubishi Fuso FG Canter four x four. So if you were just to buy the truck part of it. Could you just go out to uh, like a auction or a surplus place and pick up the truck, say with a flatbed or no bed on it, with the four-wheel drive already set up, and just buy the truck? Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're not a big portion of the market, but yeah, they're out there. Um, they would be a little bit different than what you know Earth Cruiser does with them. They they basically take that chassis and do a bunch of um, changes to it even before they build the house. Okay. But um, and I can kind of explain that if you want. But um, but yeah, there's there are fuse there are canter four by four canter uh, fusel canters out there that people have done 
you know, um, home, uh, you know, home DIY um, exploration rigs with. So. Okay. Yeah, because the, the the vehicle itself fascinates me. So um, yeah. So then, so you so you basically take this chassis that you know anybody could probably do, and then Earth Cruiser is a company that builds the living quarters that you put on the back, correct? Well, they they do the living quarters, but they also you know they they do the whole thing. So basically, um, I'll give you a little history on Earth Cruiser. They they started in Australia. And Lance Giles um, and, and uh, I think his wife's name is Michelle, they came over from Australia to the United States, I want to say about eight or nine years ago. Well, I think it's 10 now. And, um, you know, we're looking for a place in the United States to, um, to start a nurse cruiser um, in the United States. So they kind of branched off the main company. I don't know if they split or have part ownership or how that exactly works, but your earth cruiser is still making rigs in Australia. And then they decided that they wanted to live in bend. So they started earth cruiser in bend. And, um, this, the one I own, I'm, I'm the second owner of it, but it is the, it is number three of the United States built. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you don't see too so, many of them around. No, I think right now, they're on 80 or 81. So, oh, wow. yeah, and they're, you know, and it took a while to ramp it up. It's not exactly, you know, something that everybody wants to have and can have. So, um, you know, I think they were um, the people who sold me mine. I've had mine a couple of years. The people who sold me it were buying number 50 at the time. So um, that was two and a half, three years ago. Actually, it was. Yeah, two and a half, two and a half years ago. So, um, so yeah, they, so they, you know, they basically um, take Infuso is one of the products that they take, but they take a, a chassis that they they want to work with, and they basically tear it all the way down. They put what's called a super single on it, so the normal um, uh, Fuso chassis comes with a dually in the back. And they'll take and make that a super single and put, which is what's on the front. So basically what those are is they can be reversed. So they, they track in each other's tracks. um, Exactly. They're the exact same tire. And when we rotate tires, we literally just go front to back and back to front and we flip them. Just, just like you would with the normal four wheel drive pickup. Yep. Just with other than flipping them actually in, you know, uh, turning them around. So, um, the think about like, if you're looking at the lug nuts and you actually turned the wheel around, uh, that's what goes on the back. So, cause it has the wheel has a dish in it. And so the front ones would be dished Correct. in and the out, the back ones would be dished out. Correct. Yep. Right. And, uh, that's done axle, by this. The back axle is actually narrower than the front. Is that Correct. correct correct so that super single has a spacing in there that basically just has no tire on it gotcha. and it's made made uh, to you know take a dually and make it into the place for this uh just the single single um you know tire to run sure. so or wheel to run i should say so that's the first thing they do they relocate the gas tank and add another gas tank they relocate a couple other brackets um 
in my case, this is a DEF machine, a diesel exhaust fluid machine. You know, everything after 2013 was required to have the DEF system in there. So they integrated the DEF system and then um, they take the cab, cut a hole in it so that it has access from the house that they build from scratch. And then they, they take the entire cab and take everything out of it. They rewire it for their needs and they uh sound dampen it oh wow yeah so it's it's you know it looks like it's uh just a, a chassis that they cut a hole in but there's quite a bit more to it than sure than that there's a upgraded alternator for um charging batteries in the back while we're going down the road there's um you know an extra gas uh i have two tanks diesel tanks so there's another fuel um indicator up there uh, for fuel um there's um what else is on there that's different there's a backup camera front front camera and back camera um wired in and um oh and there's 110 in the cab and um some extra dc outlets and and a couple of uh lamps that they put by the driver and and passenger uh, headrest so they put like some kind of inverter or something in there so you can run uh run uh 12 volt yeah so well one ten yeah so so they take that and they run it from the battery bank in in, that's actually in the house but they um they run it up to the uh console in between the seats so literally i lift up the console there's a 110 you know house outlet in there that you can plug you know well, you can't plug anything in there. My wife is, uh, you know, brown the whole thing out, putting her hairdryer in there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, you can run a hairdryer in low. But yeah, it's basically it's a two thousand watt inverter. Oh, nice. So, yep. what uh, what does the inside of the house look like? I, I haven't watched your videos to see if you've done a tour or anything, but just for give people a quick idea of what is actually in the the living quarters. Yeah, we and we do have a video on that. So if somebody wants to see a little bit more detail, we've got outside and an inside. But basically, uh, you walk in, and you're walking basically into the shower. So the entry is the shower, and um, which is kind of nice because, like, when we're out with the dogs and stuff, you know, if you've got some kind of dirty boots on or whatever, you know, you're not tracking it all through the, uh, the the living quarters. But you you walk into the shower that also has a, a toilet that that rotates in and out underneath the shelf so it's out of the way and then um, you're kind of in the middle of the house so if you turned immediately to the left there's a full-size bed and uh, that way and um, there is a little bit of a, uh, a garment area there's a couple of of uh, drawers underneath the bed for storage uh, for clothes and stuff and then and then there's a a two sinks and the reason there's two sinks is if you're if you're off canter, each one of the sinks has an opposite drain hole so that the, it can drain water. It's got two faucets, ones for just regular water, ones for uh, filtered water. And then um, it's got a cooktop, a diesel cooktop called a little Bosco. And then it's got the control panel. And then um, if you went to the right a little bit from coming in from the door, there's the seating area that has a dinette similar to a camper where it moves around and you can slide around, slide it around different positions. And then um, a refrigerator freezer um, sits in there and um, storage underneath the uh, seating area. And then the entry to the cab is right there. 
yeah, you're you're pretty set up then. You're I mean, you might as well be a a big big uh diesel pusher RV. Yeah, really. So there's no generator on this, so it's literally um self-contained. It has a 400 or excuse me, yes, yeah, so a 480 amp hour solar panel array on the top that's integrated into the molding on the on the roof and then um it has a 540 amp uh, amp hour battery bank so literally um we will run out of food before we run out of um you know electricity or whatever because even if the solar is not able to charge it charges at 50 amp hours um, when we turn on the rig. So if we just needed to, you know, turn the rig on for a couple hours, we would be able to get, you know, charged up. So I've never had it out. Uh, longest I've had it out is 28 days um, in continuous time without coming back into town. And um, wow. you run out of food, you know, unless you're, Unless you're, you know, hunting food or something, you're you're running out of, right. you're running out of stuff. I uh, don't, you know, I can, um, I can pull water from a stream, so that you know, water's typically not an uh, an issue. Um, so it's it's literally you run out of food before you run out of power. That's crazy. So now you got me intrigued with this stove, this diesel stove. So, it, so there's no propane on on the on the vehicle, right? No propane. So, yep. Now the stove is diesel. Is what's the refrigerator freezer run off of? Uh, solar electric uh, electricity. So the only thing that is gas operated is the stove or the range and, and the heater and the heater and yeah, yeah, it's got a diesel heater. So do you do you get diesel fumes or anything when you're when you're cooking? Nope, it's got an external um, external vent. So okay. it's literally think of it as kind of like a hot plate, and it, it, it's it comes a lot of the stuff in the Arctic cruiser comes from the marine industry from yachts. Yep. So it's very similar to a yacht. It'll have a small uh, burner and a hot and a high burner, and basically there's not a lot of regulation. It's either simmer or boil, and so you move your pan, whatever it is, from you know one corner to another corner depending on how much heat you want. Um, so it's, um, it, it just kind of heats up. It's, it's a convection type of a, of a cooktop. Okay. Um, you know, it'll definitely burn you if you touch it, but it's not, uh, like normal coils, like with electricity or, or um, an open flame, like, like or an open flame gas. or anything. Exactly. Okay, yeah. There's no, that heater, actually the heater and the, uh, and the cooktop, um, both vent to the outside, um, with the portion of it that is combustible okay because that was that was in my head i'm like man open diesel flame you think there would be fumes with that but okay that makes way more sense yeah, yeah. okay uh, cool that that actually that actually seems really cool well and the reason they do that is because you know these things are used all over the world and they there's not propane everywhere you know in fact there's a low low sulfur and high sulfur um you know setting so that if you're in a place that maybe has most everywhere now has, you know, cleaner diesel, right. um, even, but you know, they are set up to go to the dirty diesel if you need to. Um, so that's one of the reasons why it, you know, there's not water readily available everywhere either. So that's one of the reasons why they have the ability to, you know, pump it in and filter. It has a, it has a seagull filter on it, which is a Marine grade, you know, yacht filter. So, um, and it can pump, you know, 
I pumped from, and actually there's a video of this too on the website. When I was in Idaho, I pumped from a stream. Nice. So what kind of and, pump is it? Because, you know, doing wildland fire and stuff, I love pumps. I'm always messing around with pumps and <laughs> sucking water out of streams. So what kind, what kind of pump do you run on that thing? You know, I don't know the exact model, and it does not have a tremendous, you know, because it's not designed to do, you know, too much of a head or a, or a rise. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not real big. I'd have to get the model number. I don't think it's a whole lot per gallon because you're coming through a little hose, you know. Is, is um, it mounted in the vehicle or is it, yeah. is it external? It's mounted in the vehicle. Well, it's mounted in the, the storage box in the passenger rear. Okay. And um, there's a manifold back there that, um, and th- I guess is on the vid. This is there's a video of this also in the walkthrough that details this. But there's a a manifold back there where we can move water around. So it, it you know where it comes in from. There's two tanks. We can move water from one tank to another tank. We can move water in from a stream through the filter, and then we can. Um, move water out depending on where we want to pull it from and where we want to push it to because there's an outdoor shower there's you know whether we want it to go through the filter system or just directly through the regular taps and whether or not we want to uh, winterize the system so all of that is there's a big manifold and the pump is there but i actually don't know what the uh, manufacturer the specs on the pump are is it is it is it a diesel pump or is it electric it's electric and it's not anything I would say is probably real big because when it turns on, it's pretty quiet. It's not, um, it's a pretty small looking pump. It's probably about, I don't know, eight or nine inches, you know, lengthwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's, that to me is impressive. Like the way this thing is self-contained, like, I, so I've been doing a lot of research lately, um, like trying to, playing around with my property and trying to figure out ways to get utilities without the, the common, you know, put in a $10,000 well and, you know, put in $20,000 worth of electricity line to your property and all that stuff. And so I've been trying to do this off grid type of thing lately. And uh, so this guy, this is like a mobile off grid system. I, I think it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, and I, I similar. I have solar at my house in Olympia, and I've you know built a solar trailer. I've uh, done been doing this expedition stuff for quite a while, and so I actually built a trailer, an off road tra- trailer with solar on it. So um, what they've done is, it's like the Cadillac version of what's out there. I mean, everything they do is you know the highest quality the windows the doors the there's no wood on the the house um so it's all like a big yeti cooler um they've got there's fans in there that turn off after two four six eight hours or you can leave them on you you know so you can literally like go to bed and say i want this thing to turn off in two hours and it will and they've, they've done a lot of stuff um lanson and michelle used their you know the reason the reason they made Earth Cruiser was they they could not find something that would do what they wanted to do and have the comforts that they wanted and that's where the company came from. So so they they kind of revised these things over the years. Mine certainly has a lot of great features to it, but like the newest ones have even better features to it because they've been revising them over the last you know six seven eight years. Well, sure, you're gonna it's gonna evolve as as people 
take them out and yep. use them and, and customize them themselves. And yeah, there you go. There's a better mousetrap over here. Let's put that in the next, you know, exactly. XYZ. The one thing that they won't do typically is there's a lot of people that think they want, um, you know, like the propane, for instance, you know, yeah. they'll say, Hey, I want propane. And that, you know, there's some things that they'll, they'll stop at and say, Nope, that doesn't fit a model. You know, well, and, uh, it makes sense. I mean, one propane's a little volatile. It takes up a lot of room as far as the pressure tanks and everything. And like you said, you can almost find diesel anywhere, and and it's it's a lot harder to find propane. Um, and yeah, to me, it just it's like they they've really put some time and thought into you know what what they wanted and, and how it's set up. It's just yeah, I, I think it's awesome. Like I wouldn't want propane. Yeah, and well, and if you want propane, like I, I carry propane with me, and if you want propane, you, uh, you just you you bring it. Right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be one of the systems that you know you're you're counting on. It's just something that it's an extra. Right. So, so uh, do you? Uh, so, how, what's the storage space on that thing? So that's one of the things that changed quite a bit. Mine doesn't have as much storage as the newer ones, but basically the back panels. Um, there's about an area in each side in the in the rear that folds up. That the, first of all, there's a pass through a small pasture area that goes all the way across, mm-hmm. which I believe is seven and a half feet, eight feet. So like like most most RVs or or trailers. Yeah, but smaller area. We only have probably um, six seven inches of okay. space that will go all the way through. So I mean, you could throw some skis in there or something, but. You know, we, I usually stack some tools I don't need all the time in that kind of area. And then, um, and then there's, there's probably, uh, I, I want to say it's probably about 23 or 24 inches by three feet deep by about four feet wide on each one of those storage units. So there's, you know, there's a lot. We, uh, typically on one side, we'll have a, a, a mat, you know, fold up carpet. We'll have a couple chairs. We'll have our fire pit. We'll have, uh, the dog, you know, stuff. Um, and we'll still have plenty of room for, you know, extra things on one side. And the other side is kind of things we won't use very much. There's, um, backpacks and tools and, um, extra parts and, um, you know, a lot of, uh, boots and shoes and different things that depending on where we're going, uh, might be even some extra clothes and stuff in a box. Nice. So do you guys have any kind of barbecue or... We, we, we're, we're just changing that. We haven't been, we've been basically using the inside to cook with, but, um, we just recently are kind of revamping everything. We're finding, you know, as, as with anything, doesn't matter whether it's an RV or fifth wheel or camp or whatever, we're, we're constantly, you know, evaluating, Hey, we haven't used this for six or seven trips. Do we need it? And we're going to we're going the whole thing is kind of tore down right now and we're going to put in a uh, propane barbecue um for the for the next year or so and we used to use it all the time just got away from it and uh, some friends of ours another earth cruiser we were with out on the last uh, couple videos they they had one and it was kind of nice so we you know cooking outside and stuff so have, have you have you looked at the the uh, electric pellet grills I've looked at them. Yep, yep. I have seen them. I've uh, I'm I'm, a, I'm big into Traeger, but um, the space I think would be. I know they're small, but still they're big compared to um, at least the ones I've seen. They're still a little take up a little bit more space. You know, double the space than say a Coleman. 
deal, but no, I haven't, I haven't looked at them in de- I looked at them. I guess I don't know them in detail. Yeah. So. I, I've been kind of looking through them and, and, uh, for our, our camping setup and what's crazy. They got those little tailgate ones now that are like, I don't know, they're probably just a little bit bigger than an average suitcase. And, uh, that way, cause I was thinking for you, but it'll be an all electric, um, you wouldn't have to carry that extra propane and they're, they're pretty slick. Um, green mountain grill makes a really tiny one. Um, so does pit boss makes a pretty good one, which the thing I like about the pit boss ones, they're a little, they're a little bit, uh, I don't want to say cheaper, but they're a little bit, uh, different style. They're not as high end as say the Traeger or, or the green mountain, but they do have a setting where you can actually open up and, uh, and grill directly on flame where like Traeger and them don't do that. Ah. And so for me, um, like my home one, that's what I run because that way I can slow cook with it or I can open that, that door open and just grill a burger or a steak real quick and fast right on flame. But right. uh, it's a lot more, I think it's a lot more versatile. But anyways, I was just, I was just thinking about that. I was like, man, if you got a storage space and with running electricity and not having to deal with piping propane, then that would be pretty sweet. Yeah, I'll have to look into it. One of the one of the issues that we have, and probably a detriment to it, is just we are on the go so much with that thing. I mean, that's one of the reasons we got it, right? right. So pretty typical for us to pull into a campsite at three, four, five o'clock. It takes me about ten minutes to un, you know un- unpack have a beer in my hand sitting there looking at whatever we're looking at. And then it's very seldom that we're not on the road at nine o'clock in the morning. Gotcha. And we do it all over again the next day. So our cooking style is kind of opposite to sit and slow cook something. I mean, I, I love Traeger. I have, I have some Traegers myself, but at the house, but I, um, I don't know if it'd fit the, 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 the style, you know, um, right. we're, 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 we tried to do camp, meals as fast as we can with as little cooking as possible because we're typically doing it in the dark and running you know running there late by going exploring something that we didn't know was down the road so you're you're not just (laughs) driving somewhere remotely and camping for three four days you're you're constantly moving very seldom yeah and that's just the way we do it that's you know certainly capable of doing that it's just we're we're, you know, my, my, the whole reason I got this and the whole, our whole kind of motive is just to explore. And so, yeah, if I'm at a campsite for two days in a row, it's an oddity. Um, yeah, the, the, the Alstrom point, um, video, there's a couple of them. I've been, I've done two of them now. The Alstrom point video is, is the exception. It's just because it's so beautiful there that we always try to stay a couple of days there, but, um, I can't think of another site, maybe a uh, North rim of the grand Canyon, but, but yeah, very, very seldom. 99% of the time we're, we're in a new campsite every day. Huh? That, that's, that's crazy to me. Like I, I don't even, <laughs> I don't even fathom that. Like, it's just like, yeah. Anyways. Well, let's, uh, so I'm kind of curious about the name, like whiskey seven Backroads. Like where did that come from? And then also what got you into doing this, overlanding exploring type of thing what what motivated you yeah um so do the whiskey seven back roads first um so i'm a i am a ham radio operator and um, i'm an extra class and when i became an extra class which is the highest classification you can have so there's you know i can do 
I can do, I can be on some frequencies that um, not every ham, um, ham radio operator can be. And I got what's called a vanity call sign. So when I went and got the vanity call sign, the call sign that I was, uh, that I wanted, that I got was W7B as in boy, R as in Robert. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of my friends were coming up with these different, you know, funny, um, you know, names about that. You know, one was whiskey seven back Bacardi rum and, Mm -hmm. One was a broken record and these different things. And then one of my friends said, um, whiskey seven back roads and, and it just kind of stuck and everybody started calling me back roads on my ham radio. And then I decided, Hey, you know, that's a really cool kind of tie into the earth cruiser. And I put a mobile setup, which is a ham radio on the earth cruiser. So it's got, a, it's got a, uh, uh, ham radio set up on it and um, and that's where Whiskey 7 came from so Whiskey 7 Backroads is just a play on my ham radio call sign got you All right. and uh, and that the, if not familiar with ham radio too much or some of the listeners um, I've been I had this thing 700 miles south of the Mexican border in Baja and on that radio was talking to Hawaii, Maine, and Alaska in the same day. Isn't that crazy? Those <laughs> things have a hell of a reach. Yeah, when the propagation's good, they they can get out quite a bit, and that's why I got it. That's that's why it's on there. Is that's our emergency communications. Not only is it a hobby of mine, and you know, a fun hobby that I do, but also you know, I I can get out if I need to if I'm somewhere that my cell phone doesn't work. Um, so basically, can, you're ready for the Armageddon. Yeah, I can <laughs> I can fight some zombies if we need to. So yeah, you got to put a big brush uh, guard on the front of that thing. Yeah, yeah, got the brush guard and uh, yeah. So and then uh, the um, so you know what we've been my wife and I've been camp. We've been married 31 years and we've been camping um, all our lives and all the way from you know we've had a 40 foot diesel pusher. 32 foot uh, gas motorhome. We've had a trailer. We've had a four wheel camper. We've had a expedition rig, a trailer that I built that I towed behind my Jeep. And we've um, literally, you know, many years slept on the ground out of a tent. And so, really, where the exploration came from is when I had the diesel pusher, I would tow my Tahoe behind it and I would literally pull up to a a road and I would look up it and I would say, man, I, I wonder what's up there, but I could never go up there because I didn't know if I could turn around. Mm. And, and it, it kind of led to, this isn't the lifestyle we want. Like this isn't the recreational, um, area. So we, we moved from that to the, the first thing we had was just a Jeep and, and that fulfilled the, Hey, what's at the end of the road? but it didn't fulfill the, the, some niceties, you know, some, some amenities. Right. right? So we slept, we, you know, we packed that thing full of everything and, and sleep out on the ground in a tent. And you know, it was like, okay, want a few more, want to be able to go out for a little bit longer. want a few more amenities. And we did that for years and years. And then I built a trailer, a ban- 1946 Bantam World War II trailer behind it, built it up into an expedition trailer 
had a rooftop tin, solar, you know, cooker, everything. And the problem with that was it, 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 it fixed the amenity thing, but it also caused, uh, you know, when, when we're moving every day, it was, it was difficult to unpack and pack and unpack and pack. Right. And so we're like, okay, this is, you know, this is, we're getting closer. <laughs> this isn't quite right. And so we got a four wheel camp, a pop-up camper on a Tundra and, we did that for a few years and and the same thing the way that was set up was our bed the dinette where the bed was you either you either had the de- the bed out or you had the dinette out and so we went on a long and these trips started extending from one two days to seven eight nine ten days to 15 16 17 days and the more that we did it the more we realized you know hey this is this is good for now, but if we want to do this in, in our retirement years for 30, 40, 50 days, this is going to get old real quick, and we need something with kind of a dedicated bed. <clears throat> and and I started looking around at these big expedition rigs, and I thought, oh, you know, I can't afford that, and that's later in life, and, you know, whatever. And then we saw Earth Cruiser, and we actually came back from a trip through Bend and toward their factory and i couldn't afford a new one and so i told them hey if something ever comes used well at that point nothing had ever came in used and so they were just kind of laughed at me and said yeah whatever and then literally a couple months later a used one you know came available which is the one we bought nice so i the other thing i've been thinking about with while i'm looking at some of these pictures and videos and stuff what is what is the uh what is the ground clearance on that thing uh, the ground clearance, I, I'd have to look at it again cause I got new springs a while back, but I want to say it's, I think it's 15, 15 from, from bottom of pumpkin to bottom of pumpkin on your axles. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's, it's either 13 or 15. I can't remember. It's not, I mean, it's decent, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's not anything more than, you know, some Jeeps and some trucks, you know I mean? It looks big and it is big and it goes a lot of places, but it's certainly not um you know there's there's places that i, I think a, a a setup jeep or a setup truck will go to the same places as far as clearance will go yeah and what about length and height on it so it's kind of interesting the uh the length on it the wheelbase is very similar to a full-size truck and i would actually say that it turns better than a full-size truck just because of the way that the radius um, works on it so it, it it looks big and it is a little bit um, big, but um, it fits in a regular parking stall, no, and um, yeah, so it's deceiving. And when you're sitting on top of the wheels, which is a little bit, you know, gets a little bit, um, you gotta get used to it. But when you're on top of the wheels, it uh, it gives you some uh, the ability to see some things that <clears throat> excuse me that you can't normally see in a in a you know, lower, lower truck or, or Jeep. And, uh, so the, the length of it is with it, with from the end of the bully bar where the winch is at to the very back with my, with my, um, um, my rack for my bikes, it's exactly 25 and a half feet. Um, but if you take off the, the bike rack and you just go to the back of the spare tire, it's about 23 feet. So it's not much bigger than my, my full-size diesel truck. Cause I got a extended or crew cab long box diesel truck and it's, gosh, I yep. want to say it's like 20 or 22. 
Yep. And so, in fact, if you took a Lance, you took a Lance camp or one of their bigger models and you put it on your truck, mm-hmm. it would be taller and longer. Really? Yeah, there, there's side-by-side comparisons that are out there. It's, it's interesting to see because um, of, of the way that works. So, in, in you know, there's two models. This is probably another thing we should cover. There's two models of, of Earth Cruiser. Um, there's actually more than two models, but the, the main Earth Cruiser, there's an FX and there's an EXP. Mine is an EXP, which means that the, the roof articulates up. Right. Oh, like a like a tent trailer type of a thing. Like yeah, like a so canvas pop up top. It's got it exactly. So it's got four actuators around the corners. I flip a switch and it it actuates up about twenty inches. Nice. And so when that's down, I'm even with the cab. So if you look at cat, if you look at pictures, the cab of the Mitsubishi is even with the back of of the uh, of the house that they built. Mm-hmm. And then when I when I go to camp, I, I punch that up. And so there's advantages and disadvantages of it. But the FX is a solid unit. And um, and uh, some friends of ours that were on this last trip that's on YouTube, they had an FX model. And it, it's, uh, it, it doesn't actually down. It's bigger. It has more storage. But it also can't go some places because it's 22 inches taller. Uh, oh, so there's, there's is it's same rigid. height as when yours is extended out. Yeah, it's rigid. It's not quite the same, but it's very close and it's rigid. There's no, there's no option, right? So mine, the reason mine they built mine is the the EXP. I shouldn't say mine, but the reason they built the EXP is the idea was is to be able to fit it in a in a shipping container. Oh, so you could so, so you could if, take it across to different continents yeah. and stuff. So you can change, yep. So, and that's one of the uh, appealing factors is I actually want to do that. I want to take it to Australia when I retire. And so I wanted an EXP for that matter. Plus I go a lot of places that are pretty tight. And, um, but again, there's pluses and minuses to it. I, I lack a lot of storage and, um, but I get to go places and I get a little bit better fuel mileage and, you know, it looks to me, it looks a little bit better than the FX. The FX um, has way more storage inside, has a couple of, um, you know, you can do some stuff to it because with the rigid sides, you can you can mount a, uh, a small TV in the bed area, you know, on that wall where I can't because mine's vinyl. Right. So so how tall is it with the, with the top down? Like just when it's all closed up and, and you're moving, how much space is in, inside the, the box? Not much. You can't, you can't stand up. Okay. Like four, um, so four or five you, feet. Yeah. Four probably. I'd have to go measure it, but I know when I, when I, um, when I go in there to like, if I'm at the grocery store and we're stocking up, I have to like, I'll crawl in there and I'll get on my knees to get to the refrigerator and my wife will hand me in food okay. if we don't pop it up. So I, I would four, four to five somewhere in there. It's, I, I would say closer to four. I've never really measured it. So yeah. I don't know, but I, I'm just, trying to get, I'm just trying to get some, some reference points from pictures here, kind of looking at it. But, yeah, that's that's awesome, man. I, I The other question I have is, like, if you're going to put this thing in a shipping container, how are you going to get out of it? <laughs> yeah, I know. I've seen some pictures like that. So what they do is they fold in the mirrors. Yeah. And and then they they when they get it in there, they put it all the way as close as they can on the passenger side. Okay. And then they roll down the window, and you just kind of shimmy out. <laughs> yeah yeah it doesn't give a lot of room on either side but they 
and Lance isn't a real big guy. The guy, the pictures I saw were of Lance. He did the, uh, uh, what is it? Um, the rally, the big rally. I'll think of it here in a minute. Um, he did one of the rallies in India and he shipped his over and shipped it back. And, uh, I think he got 65th out of, there wasn't only a few hundred that finished the race. And I think he got 65th or 66th. I can't remember. So, so rallies, you mean like the, uh, what is that rally called? They do in the, the day car. The the, yeah. Car. The, the car. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He did the, the car rally. Oh, okay. So now that's, that's where those things remind me of. I remember, gosh, back when I was way younger, back in the early two thousands, I remember kind of looking, watching videos on that where they have the, the big off-road dirt bikes with the huge tanks and the, yep. the sand rails and all that stuff. So yeah. Yep. Okay. That's where those things came from. Yeah, yeah, you see them, you'll see all kinds of them, uh, different, you know, Unimogs, and they got yeah. some that are, you know, sport, they, uh, sponsored by Red Bull, you know, that got, you know, a couple million bucks into them, <laughs> so, um, yeah, some of but those yeah, you'll see everything. Pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, they can get, and get up there in a hurry. So, one more, one more question on, on the Earth Cruiser, what kind of engine does it have? It's got a three liter, uh, diesel, um, engine, so... It's the standard engine that comes. That that whole system is standard with the FG four x four. So that hasn't been modified in any way, other than the uh, the def system has been changed. The the exhaust on the def system has been changed slightly, just because it comes out of the cab and it actually mine goes through the house. So they built a they built a vent through the house on the corner on the passenger side corner. If you look at it real closer. There's a vent there where the uh, the diesel exhausts out. Okay, so so but I mean, is it a is it a Mitsubishi engine? Is it a Isuzu? Yeah, yeah, it's a Mitsubishi uh, three liter. I don't know what the, I just know it's a three liter. I don't know exactly like the exact. It's not like a Cummins or anything like right. that, though. And I'm guessing it's a four cylinder then. I think it's a three liter four cylinder. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's that's impressive for for that big a vehicle to run to run that small of an engine. Well, I'll tell you, it's got a duonic. It's it's good and bad, and I'll tell you some of the things about it. It's got a duonic transmission first of all that can be programmed, mm-hmm. and so what that allows you to do is allows you to you know be an automatic when you want to, but allows you to slap it into manual when you want to be in manual. Um, they did that engine. That engine has a couple. Um, pluses and a couple minuses you're not going to be passing anybody on a hill ever with that engine right. um the the air cruisers are about thirteen thousand five hundred pounds not not loaded wow. um so so it's you know it's decent as far as weight goes very well proportioned i've had it all the way on the side where you can see the solar panels standing on the side of it so you know the, the center of gravity is very very low um on purpose that you know that's why they relocate tanks and put the water tanks where they need to and stuff but so 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 the lack of power you make it up with some torque yeah it's got it's got some decent torque it'll go up you know it'll go some places that you don't think a thirteen thousand five hundred pound rig should go with a four-cylinder diesel (laughs) with a four-cylinder diesel and and i i know some people that it's one of the contention points of the earth cruiser because um there's some uh you know some competitive products out there that have a beefier motor mm-hmm. and an ability 
to lock and unlock the lockers. Um, I don't have that, you know, it doesn't have lockers on it. So, you know, there's, I, I have manual, um, hubs in the front that I got to get out and, you know, do them manually old school, which is not a bad thing. Um, keeps but you in keeps you shape, keeps you, you know, it's another failure point, you know, and some yeah. electronics that you don't have to worry about. So, you know, but so the, the engine is, is the, and, and and one thing I wanted to mention too is uh, they they don't they're not importing them anymore. Um, they stopped importing Fuso Mitsubishi Fuso stopped importing diesels a couple of years ago, which I thought okay my diesel is going to be worth a lot more. And so uh, Earth Cruiser actually made their first V8 gas mm-hmm. engine. They won an award at the SEMA show, and it has uh, has a better uh, I wouldn't say better has a a um, more of a transfer case, uh, low and high and more gears. And it has lockers that, uh, f- uh you can uh, lock in, uh, from the cab. So, um, I, I've not been in a V8, so I don't know, you know, it, it's, it, I can't imagine it has the same torque, but they tell me that it does. Hmm. Um, but they had to change a bunch of stuff around it because now it has an electric cooktop instead of the diesel cooktop. And, you know, they had the bigger battery bank. And so they did some things different to that one. And then on top of that, once they got that one built, Fuso decided not to import any trucks at all. So it put a monkey wrench in, in Earth Cruiser. And now I do believe that they are going to start making them on Invesco uh, oh. trucks, which is very similar. It's a very similar platform. It's yeah. um, some of the parts are interchangeable. But um, so, yeah, the, the 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 first question about can you go get one of these at an auction? Yes, you can, but you cannot go get an FG four by four new anymore. They, um, I believe, Earth Cruiser bought the last ten or twelve that were available on the West Coast just to, so they could fill orders for sure. the next year or so. So, man, yeah, I would really much rather have the diesel personally, but and it just seems yeah. much cooler with the with the being self contained with the diesel cooktop and everything. Like, I I don't know. Yeah, I went diesel. Well, and I. I I like the diesel too. And, and I, I, you know, there's, there, there's forums, there's an earth cruiser forum and they, you know, the owners go back and forth and, you know, there's some pluses and minuses and, you know, every, everything, I don't care what you have, everything, there's a plus and minus. There's a plus and minus with an earth cruiser, a camper, a four wheel camper, a, a 40 foot motor. I mean, all of them have a plus and minus. Sure. And the same thing within the earth cruisers, the FX has a plus and minus the XP, the gas, the diesel, um, I, I didn't really have much choice at the time. I just wanted something I could get into the back country with. And it wouldn't have mattered to me whether it, it was diesel or gas. But if I was to go shopping for one, you know, and I had my pick of building it from scratch, if I could, I would buy, I would do a diesel. Yeah. What kind of mileage do you get on that thing? So if I'm, you know, if I got a tailwind behind me going downhill on pavement, tires all the way pumped up, I can get, I can average, um, over a full, I can go about, um, I have two tanks that are 36 gallons each. I can get about 14, 13 to 14, uh, miles per gallon on the, the best of the best conditions. Wow. Um, I average nine and a half because if I'm on pavement, I'm pretty much unhappy. Yeah. And I like to do the back road, you know, I'm four wheeling a lot. So with the tires pressures down and it has a compressor on it so i can up and load the, it has chucks on all corners so with the tires down in four-wheel drive or doing some back roads uh, through the mountains up hills down hills that kind of stuff through sand 
um, I, I, I get nine or 10, which is still, you know, for that size of a rig, it's awesome. I, I, I think it does great. Yeah. That's impressive because I mean, I can't think with a V8 gas, you're going to be getting much over four or five. Yeah. Well, I think they've got, uh, I think they're getting one less, so I don't know how, but I've heard them getting, you know, some guys averaging eight and nine, using them hard and getting 11 to 12, um, you know, on, on the pavement with the wind behind them. (laughs) Yeah. It must be, must be a small V8 with, uh, with some turbos or something. Yeah, I don't know what they're putting in there. Um, I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that's that's enough about the Earth Cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I guess you know. Obviously, you you've gone. I mean, if you, anybody goes and checks out your your YouTube page or your Facebook page, they're going to find all kinds of videos where you guys have gone all over the place, and uh, and that's pretty cool. And so, I guess. My question is, is like, I was thinking about this today. Is like, what kind of, when you're off-road, right? So you guys, you, you head off on a trail system somewhere, um, somewhere probably you've never been. What, what's your navigation system that you use? What do you, what do you use to get, get yourself around with? Well, so when we use navigation, and we do try to bit, but there's other times that we don't. Um, I use Gaia um gps and i usually if there's an area that i've never been to and i really want to know the ins and outs of it um i will download it and i'm actually just re i just put a new um pioneer head unit in it that i'm going to be doing a video on but they get so the nav is going to be incorporated into that pioneer unit but i've been using a tablet an external tablet up till now and so gaia is the the main um the main software that we use for that and i'll download a map that's in high res and then we'll you know follow it and do a track and do waypoints but mostly and especially the more i'm the more i go out anymore i'll i won't know where i'm going how long i'm going won't do any any pre-work and i'll just go down the road okay and uh, if I get to a place that I don't know, I'll, I'll flip a coin and go down the next road. And my wife hates that. Um, the dog, me and the dogs do it quite a bit. And when she's, she doesn't go on every trip, she kind of picks and chooses and sometimes flies in and we meet her somewhere. But, um, so some of the trips are scheduled waypoints and some of the trips are, we're going to take this road and go see where it leads to. And we might be gone for four or five days. So, have you ever heard of Onyx? I'm not. Oh yeah. Not pitching things, but I use that yep. stuff all the time for hunting and 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 knowing property lines and stuff. And they yep. got they have a new one out. Um, it's called like I'm looking it up now, but I think it's called like uh, Onyx Off Road or Onyx something Roads. But basically, it'll show you every trail and every road um, that has ever been mapped in the U.S. It's like, man, that would be yeah. kind of handy. Yeah, in fact, I I um I yeah. think I told you this, but I just bought some property in Montana, and I no, you been didn't use you yeah. So I've been using that for property lines when I've been walking property in Idaho and in Montana, and I knew that they had an off road version. Um, I actually bought the five year subscription okay. to Gaia Pro, so I'm like, well, 
I'm pretty good for a while, but I, I, the, the, their stuff for the boundaries of property is really, really good. Oh, man. I mean, there's it a works. lot of information. It works awesome. It's, yeah. Yeah. I've, I'll uh, probably look into that when I, when I get done with the guy or sometime when it gets closer because, um, it seems to be, I don't know if they're as good at that as they are on the hunting app, then it'll be, it'll be worth looking at. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and it, it's called the uh, Onyx Off-Road GPS app. And, okay. uh, yeah, it looks, I mean, it looks very similar. And mostly with Onyx, their, you know, their kind of dirty little secret is that they they get a lot of public information from the county assessor's maps and, and uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And so anything, I mean, they're not giving you anything that you couldn't go research and find yourself. They're just doing all the legwork and then putting into a cute little package for you with a blue dot. Yeah. Well, and the nice thing too, is like when I was doing the property line stuff is there was a lot of times when I didn't have, I didn't have cell coverage, mm-hmm. but I, it would work yeah, because can... they're using the GPS side of it. And so, yeah, yeah that works. That's good. I, um, you and Gaia works really good too. I mean, I, I'm a big you know fan of Gaia, but, um, a little bit clumsy to load and upload maps, but they're getting better at it. So, so. and another one to look into, which I use at work quite a bit, um, is uh, uh, Avenza. So Avenza, it sounds like it's very close to the Gaia, but basically it's just it's just a GPS uh, GPS app that you can upload uh, any map you want as long as it's geo referenced, um, which means that you know it's when you pull the the pdf in and drop it into the 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 app it automatically orients itself to where you're at and where you want to be and then your blue dot works the same as it would with anything else which i'm sure that's how your guy is but right anyways it's it's a free app and then you can you can, if you want a pro subscription or whatever so you can have like 100 maps on there you can pay a little bit for it but that's also another good way to go and i use that and then i have a um we have, I think it's Tremble makes it. It's a, it's called an R1. It's a little uh, box receiver, probably about about the size of your cell phone, and it's just an, an external antenna that Bluetooths your phone. And I've gotten, I've gotten sub meter accuracy with that thing. Mm. So if you really want to get, if you really want to get fancy and tight, um, <laughs> you, you can go that route. But uh, those are, those are kind of spend. I think they're like, I don't know, fifteen hundred or twenty five hundred dollars for the antenna. But um, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff out there. But uh, anyways, I was just curious when I when you were talking about that, I was like, I wonder if he knows about that new new Onyx. No. Yeah, I I knew about it. I haven't looked at it a whole lot, but it just mainly because I I'm I think I'm about halfway into my subscription, so I was just kind of yeah. like I'm going to use my Gaia until it, you know, at least until the 5 year. I got I want to say they were doing a deal. I don't know if they still do it, but I want to say it was 40% off if you bought a 5 year you know, subscription. So it was quite, you know, for what I do, it was like, well, yeah, why not? You, you know, you so. didn't, you didn't try to get him to be your sponsor for your podcast or <laughs> version. No, that was, I did it back before I even had the web web or the uh, YouTube version. So ah, gotcha. I've had uh, my first, uh, my, and I don't know if I should take this the wrong one or not, but I had my first product that wanted me to not sponsor him, but just wanted me to, try out for free mm-hmm. and it was super clean <laughs> hey man you, you gotta start somewhere yeah so they sent me some some samples to do a video on and said i could 
keep getting some some samples if i uh you know if i did a video and showed it to them so i uh and and i did a wheel i got to do a video of it but i did use them on my wheels and they were it worked great so i mean i'm pretty impressed with the product but i i was just kind of laughing because it was a cleaning product because my rig is so dirty all the time it was just kind of it was funny well i mean it's great it's a great advertisement for them but no that's i'm waiting for a whiskey i I want a whiskey to (laughs) you know i'll be all over whiskey if uh, somebody will do uh sponsorship of some whiskey i'll be on it don't don't you don't you make your own stuff i make my own uh beer but on whiskey oh (laughs) well you know it's it's not that hard to do no no (laughs) um yeah so what is this oh so a few other things i was noticing like zooming around on the old interweb like snooping on you um what is what is uh echo link so echo link is a it's a uh it's an app and a computer link up where you can use your ham radio um to get on the internet and and they have you know talk groups and forums and uh, things like that. So where you probably saw that was um, I am a member of Overland Bound, and I started uh, and helped get off the ground the Ham Radio Friday Night Net, which is just a uh, place for Ham Radio guys that also are Overlanders to um, get on and just there's different topics and stuff. But one way to get onto it is and to, and to have consistency versus trying to get on with a rate you know the ham radio sometimes you can't you know talk 10 10 miles down the road and sometimes you can talk around the world and so uh, it's a computer program that allows uh, ham radio to uh to get to you have to have a license but allows you to use your license to to basically use the internet like a ham radio okay so so it's it's using internet to boost the ham radio not using the ham radio to boost the internet service it's it's actually it's not it's using the internet but no ham radios involved so literally it's just you have to have a ham radio license Ah, to 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 do to be on there so it's the protocols are the same you're given your call sign you know there's different protocols um different synonyms like cq and 73 is saying goodbye and different um you know languages that go with the ham radio mm-hmm. so it's all using that but it's um it's it's bypassing the radio rf um you know transmission transceiver and just strictly using the internet and there's a lot of people there's a lot of ham radio especially older ham radio operators who don't think it's ham radio like it's not it's like it's voodoo like (laughs) like this is this is new you know new technology confangled stuff this is messing with our you know our 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 pencil our pencil pocket you know pocket pencil you know you know deal so you know they're like no we wouldn't do that so you know and i get that i mean you know we don't it's just a way to get, we get, I don't know, five to 15, you know, overland bound members on there every Friday. And there's kind of a, a cool topic and we've got op net controllers. And so I kind of helped that get going. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's not what I was thinking about at all. I was, I was thinking of it was like some kind of like, um, internet service, like a, like a using the ham radios to, 
to get internet, kind of like a like a Starlink or something like that, you know, so you guys could have internet yeah. when there's no service. Yeah, no, there is something, um, well, it's kind of hard to explain, but there's a way to send email over RF, but it's not Echolink. There's a different, um, I don't do it, so I don't know much about it, but it's um, something else I can't remember right now. That's crazy. That, that is, there's, there's so much of that stuff out there. I don't even, I don't even try to know it. <laughs> I don't yeah, even want to yeah. know about it. <laughs> well, what, what was funny about ham radio is I got into ham radio for literally the only thing I wanted to do is to have an emergency communication for my Earth cruiser. That was it. Yeah. And then once I got into it, I'd, I'd never realized how big the hobby is, like how many different facets there are of it. Mm-hmm. And now I love it. I love it for way more than what I first intended to be in it. Like I do, I do it in my Earth cruiser, which is a small portion of it, but I have a big antenna at my house and I have, you know, an HF station and I, you know, am very involved in, um, in ham radio and, and, and for not overlanding for just the hobby of it. Right. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've not really got into it myself. I've dabbled in a few times, had a few chances to, to get, go through some training courses and stuff and get certified. And I, I kind of poo pooed at the time because I was quite a bit younger, but, uh, I know a lot of guys into it and it's, it's, it's a whole world. It's, it's a, it's yeah. a whole world and it is very intriguing. Um, someday maybe. Well, what I would say about it too, is I have some really, in fact, I say that on one of my videos, the ham radio video that I did on YouTube. I have some really, really good friends that I have met over ham radio and it sounds weird. In fact, uh, while I was waiting for my truck appointment this morning, I had breakfast with two guys that I met over the radio. That's crazy. That are local and great. I mean, really good friends of mine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it it is crazy. I I would I would have never seen that. And I have some in sisters, and I have some in Arizona, and I have some in Colorado. I mean, I have friends all over that I would say are really really good friends of mine that I met talking on the radio. Weird. Yeah, it's it's a whole community. Yep. Huh. Yep. Well, we, we've uh, we've done some time now, but uh, I would like to I'd like to kind of get you to talk a little bit about your trips and what kind of trips you do and like you know, kind of what you're about. Other you know, I mean, obviously people can see it on YouTube, but just kind of give people an overview of when you go on a trip. What is kind of your thought process and what kind of areas do you go to? Okay, yeah. So, um, I, I guess one of the big trips that we, that I did, um, I, you know, was this trip to Baja. So, uh, four of us went, this was right prior to COVID, um, in February of last year, we, we left for Baja and we went across the border down. We went through, uh, Tecate, went down the Western side through Ensenada and Guerra Negro, and then came across over to Mulahe, and we went down south of Mulahe, and we spent uh, three and a half weeks down there and came back through uh, Mexicali and, um, and, and, and uh, San Felipe, which is on the, uh, the eastern side of the Baja. And uh, so that was, a really, that was a really cool trip, a big trip. Um, fun. It was a guy's trip. So Cheryl wasn't there. The dogs weren't there with me. It was just me and four other guys or three other guys, four guys all together. I'd love to do that one again. That's definitely on the list. I, um, I learned a lot, um, on kind of how to 
went with a guy that had been going down there a lot and so learned all the ins and outs of getting through the checkpoints and the federales and what you should and shouldn't do and you know where to go and where not to go and and stuff like that so um that was just, that was a really big trip unfortunately it was cut short a little bit because of covid we were worried about the border closing and um also uh you know when we got back it was you know kind of the start of the unknown of everything shutting down and you know masks and and you know all the all the covid um, worries that happened so the pandemic so um so that's 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 kind of a big trip that we did um mostly other than that trip we 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 spend a lot of time going around the western united states mainly because i'm still working and i spend time i have a house in arizona and i have a house in olympia and the trips kind of migrate to um taking some time off and playing in between those two places so we will go down to arizona in the winter um for a while and then we'll come back there to olympia and back and forth and so most of the trips are um california nevada utah Colorado, Wyoming, Idaho, a little bit of Montana, Oregon, but mainly Utah. Um, and and main in Utah is mainly because I love the the area, um, the Red Rocks, the the there's so much to explore down there and see, and it's really beautiful. So so that's kind of what we've been doing um, mostly right now. The plan is that. Oh, let me back up. So what, what a typical trip is, we'll, I'll usually go a place that I know, and then I'll, I'll go, I have four or five places on every trip that maybe I've never been to or that I've wanted to always go to or that I've heard about or whatever. And so they're usually a combination of um, seeing some old places that we've been to before and then going to something new. And if I um, go by myself with the dogs, then it's usually very unplanned. We don't really have a schedule. We just kind of go. We might be thinking we're going to Southern Oregon and spending the night that night. We might end up in Western Idaho. I mean, just, you know, we just don't care. Um, That's how we roll. If the wife is there with us, then it's more scripted. She likes to know where we're going to camp that night, likes to know where the next uh, place is. And so it's a little bit more scripted, which is okay. So a lot of times, um, like this last trip, we went down through Enzo Borrego and then up through Death Valley, Mojave, and she met us in St. George. She flew to St. George, and then we went through the Grand Staircase and um, the north rim of the Grand Canyon and then up through Idaho. So um, so it kind of depends whether or not um, Mrs. Whiskey Seven's there or not. And then uh, – and then, you know, how much time we got in between. And then um, we just kind of like to just go find new places. So that's kind of what we've been doing. And the plan is to, um, you know, retire in five, six years. And um, once we retire, if we still feel the way they do now, to pack the thing up and go ship it somewhere. My first thought is Australia, but it could be somewhere else. South America maybe and um, go explore in another country and um, the idea would be if we did that we would probably ship the Earth Cruiser to say Australia and we would go play around for three or four months we would leave it 
in storage somewhere there, fly home, you know, get caught up with the kids and, you know, whatever we need to do, fly back three or four months, come back and probably do that for a year, two years, because it's pretty expensive. Um, they have a tariff when you're bringing a rig like that into sure. Australia, they don't want everybody doing that. So it's cost prohibitive to ship it back and forth. You know, if you're not going to do an extended trip there and then maybe New Zealand along with that, and then maybe Europe and, um, you know, maybe Africa, we've been to Africa a couple of times with just on our own. And, um, you know, so, that's that's a tentative plan i you know it's a ways off things could change um you know eventually we're going to home base out of montana and um you know sell our house in olympia and uh that'll allow us to be a little bit farther you know to the east coast and that's the other thing is we we have a desire to do the east coast um also so like the new england states and stuff Yep, and up above, you know, I'd like to do Alaska. I'd like to spend an extended period of time in Alaska. I'd like to go across the top of Canada, yeah. you know, as far north as you can and explore um, some of that area and then come back through, you know, the eastern um, United States. And, and, you know, with us, it's like always, it's, we're going to run out of time before we ever run out of places to go see. Sure. Um, it's just there's a lot to lot. There's a lot just in, that I haven't. So I've I've made probably 25 or 30 trips in the West Coast, and there's still I haven't even touched a tenth of it. Like there's still so much to see. So there's a lot out there. Yeah. So I got a, I got a burning question. Okay. Uh, speaking of places you've gone, so uh, last last fall was the first time I had ever been um, up in the Sierra Nevadas, and we were we actually ended up getting stationed on a fire. Uh, right on the Rubicon Trail. Have you ever taken that thing in something, either the Rubicon or something similar to that, like that kind of? Yeah, I've been on something similar, but I have. That's one that I have not been on. But um, the Grand Staircase, I think, is pretty similar mm-hmm. to the Rubicon, um, and the Mojave Road is not super. I'd say it's not an apples to apples comparison, but it's a little bit of a comparison uh, on the length okay. of it. Um, both of those are over a hundred miles, um, trails pretty remote, but I've not been on the Rubicon itself. I've heard about it. It's on, it's on my list. Yeah. Uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. Like I, I have, I have not been down to that part of the country and to see those giant granite outcroppings and the big, the big, uh, sugar pines and everything. It was absolutely beautiful up there. I spent a lot of time in the Sierras, um, you know, so I, I have I have quite a bit of um, time spent uh, up around there. I just have not done the actual Rubicon Trail, but I love the Sierra Nevadas. Yeah, yeah, it is. It was They're breathtaking. Spectacular. And I, I, don't, yeah. I usually don't have a whole lot of good things to say about California, personally. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but I tell you what, it, as long as you just stay above that... Uh, that north south line it uh in the farther east you go the, the more i seem to like it yeah, yeah i'm the same way in fact it's kind of funny because we get gas at carson city and our whole goal in life is to not have to get gas in california if we can avoid it because it's <laughs> very expensive and there's been times i've been on the very south end of death valley and i've ran 35 miles over to prompt nevada to get gas because it's literally a dollar 40 cheaper ah, crazy craziness yeah. Yeah, but it is beautiful there. Oh yeah, there's so much to see. Like I, we've had we've had a trip planned. I you know 
been wanting to go to the Redwoods my entire life, and the last three years it's like, yep, we're doing it, and then something comes up, and then we're, yep, we're doing it, and then COVID, and then it's like, son of a gun. But that is that is my that is my trip. I want to do, I want to do the Oregon coast, which I've lived in Western Washington my whole life, and I've never been down the Oregon coast. So oh shame, really? Yeah, shame on me. And yeah, uh, and I, I want to go see the Redwoods. So. Yeah. Well, you could do those both in the same, you know, round trip, right? I've done yeah. both of them in there. In fact, I, we took the Earth Cruiser down to um, wine country in Sonoma, and that's how we went. We went down, that's longer, but we went straight down the Oregon coast and through northern, the Redwoods and the northern California. It's beautiful. Definitely got to, you got to get that done. I know. That's And that's kind of the whole point of why I've been working on this camper and, and uh that that's my plan but it's like it seems like every time every time i get forward i get back two steps but we'll we'll get there yeah. eventually so yeah i got yep. too, too many irons in the fire i hear you now now we got this 109 degrees coming on sunday and it's like oh, i know there's a waste of a day yeah i know i, I know <laughs> but anyways so well hey you know what's crazy is uh we've almost done a, an hour and 15 minutes <laughs> it goes by quick doesn't it yeah it does so but uh yeah is there anything else you want to you want to say or or anything you want to promote or or throw a plug out um there? well I, I would say you mentioned facebook and i would just throw out there i got off facebook a little while ago um i'm on me we um not don't have a big following me we just another social you know network um i did it mainly because i was a little bit irritated about all the censorship that was going on on facebook at the time so um whether or not you don't have to promote me if you don't want to i just um wouldn't steer somebody to the facebook page because it's been um it's still you know it'll still come up on a google search but if you go to it it, it it's it, it should be shut down unless somebody hacked into it so okay yeah, only... I had 4,700 followers on there, and um, I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't take the. Back when the election was going on, I just oh, yeah. was real, real anti everything. So, <laughs> real bitter about the whole censorship. Still, kind of am. I don't watch the news or do anything anymore. I just can't. Yeah, I hear can't, you there. Can't do it. So. I uh, I have I got a Facebook account simply for this podcast for that and and obviously uh, marketplace which makes me feel guilty. Um, I, I always carry a guilt around when I start cruising marketplace and I'm like why why am I supporting this <laughs> crap? But you got it you got to do it somehow. But I'm gonna check this MeWe out because that's uh that sounds interesting. I've never heard of that. Yeah, what, what how I found out about it was actually on YouTube. One of my one of the guys that's a subscriber on YouTube, he's was also on the Facebook um, group, pretty active, and, on the page I should say. Mm-hmm. And um, he, I, I, I put an announcement out there that you know I, I didn't want to just shut it off, so I said, hey, I just want everybody to know that you know December first or January first, I can't remember when I got out of it, but I said I'm going to you know do this, and it's because of this, and you know I got a lot of I understand this and that, and then one of the guys came out and said. Hey, you should check out MeWe, and he says it's better. You know, it's not as big, but it's you know they got a they got a policy where there's no censorship and everybody sees everything and blah blah blah. And so that's where I that's how I got on it. And it's it's not Facebook. I mean, it's nowhere close to Facebook. But who's on there is people who don't like Facebook. You know, like it's an alternative, and 
it's there is no censorship like i know that for a fact and um so it's it's an alternative it you know you talk to 10 people and one of them will know about me we you know it's just not they're growing but it's it's like um it's like tylenol you know first two it gets the name of it right so (laughs) (laughs) it's like kleenex no one calls it you know tissue they call it kleenex for a reason right so um but but yeah it's it i like it i'm on there it's under whiskey seven backroads and um i think i got 100 followers or something like that it's not anything big but uh but yeah, so I I just want you know if you mention that I I don't have any YouTube isn't all you know any different they do some censorship too and they're owned by Google so it is what it is but I still enjoy it and I haven't seen what I did on Facebook and so and I can kind of control it a little bit differently than you know having to see everybody's you know spiel on Facebook so right so anyway um, other than that no I appreciate you know appreciate the the being able to talk about us like you know it like you said it went by fast because it's something i enjoy doing obviously yeah that's the way all these all these go every time i get somebody on and we get into a conversation it's like boom there's an hour boom there's an hour and a half and it's like (laughs) it just it just goes because you you get in a good conversation but yeah that's that's kind of one of the reasons i got into it is that you know you sit around with your buddies and and have a couple beers and next thing you know it's 3 a.m and you're like oh crap it's like man there's got to be a way to record this and, you know, let other people hear all the great stuff that we, uh, that we BS yep. about it when, when nobody's around. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So for sure. Yeah. Well, have a, have a good trip and, uh, I hope your summer's going to be awesome and, uh, we'll probably catch you here this fall sometime. Yeah. We're here all summer. Um, we're the only thing we're doing is just kind of in the middle of this Montana thing. So, uh, going to be heading over there and you know closing that deal but um other than that our next trip isn't until the fall and i think i think we're going to do something a little like in the middle i don't know if you saw the the last um the desert trip 2021 but that was real rough i did it with my phone and it went over pretty well but it was a little bit too rough as far as the audio so i'm planning on doing something similar to that but maybe with my phone and a mic Ah. And because uh, my whole thing, as you know, doing the podcast, yeah. I I have a hard time spending four or five hours editing right now in my life editing a video. Mm-hmm. And those I didn't edit anything. I just literally like threw it up there like it didn't even have like I just picked a picture and I'm going to try to do more of that on my trips just because it's easy. And um, and then maybe a couple big, you know production type of you know videos um here and there splattered in so yeah i've I've heard that the uh, i don't know what phone you have but i've heard that the new iphone 12 pros and the new samsung 21 i think they're called the pro 2 the ones with the three cameras on them right um, man those take some amazing little videos well they do and and the one that i did did you see the bryce canyon one the last one that i did um i think the the hiking I think, yeah, I watched part of that. It was kind of like in and out, but yeah, I was, I watched some of it. So that's done on my phone. Okay. And I thought the video, I think my phone does really good video. The problem is I just forgot on on a lot of those. I have a mic that I can put up, you know, on my uh, clip on my um, lapel or something. Right. Um, I just forgot. And then once I got out on the hike, it was like, it was back at the earth cruiser, you know? So it's just me getting organized to do it. But I think 
that type of video, um, like the campsites and, you know, different things that we do. And even if it's just a hike, a small hike, like I got another one to put out that's on the North Rim of the Grand Canyon. Um, I'm going to spend a little time prepping for them, but it will allow for no editing or little editing. And even the Bryce Canyon one, I only spent like about a half an hour editing it just because it was really easy to just cut out a couple of portions of it and, and kind of clip them together, you know, sure. but the, some of those ones with the drone and all that, I mean, you know, I, I've spent six, seven hours editing a video before and it's just like, this is too much time. I can't do that every week. Not now, maybe later on in life, but right, yeah. you know, not now. So, uh, no, that's but that's kind of the plan. We'll see, you know, we'll see. It's, it's fun. It's fun while it's fun. Right. <laughs> well, and I think I think those videos turned out great. You know, now, I did I had no idea they were on a phone, and I think honestly, I mean, it's more about just cap capturing the moment than it is. I don't know. Exactly. Maybe some people are about resolution and BS, but to me, it's like I just want to know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of what I kind of came from. It was is that the only everybody was really interested in it other than there was some comments about the mic, you know, cause you could hear the wind. It was really windy in a couple of those. And I was like, okay, I can, I can fix the mic. I mean, that's it. I already got it. I just didn't do it, you know? So that'll be probably the way I go in the future. And that way it'll allow for just more of a vlog versus a premiere type of a, you know, yeah. more, you know, it's just so much time. And, um, they're fun and I, I don't mind doing them. I just don't have the time to do them. I find myself like just not having the time. Well, but, see, that's where you got to get super clean on board and then you can hire some punk 18 year old <laughs> who knows computers better to do all your editing for you. Exactly. Or retire someday and then have more time. But I mean, I take enough time off as it is, but, but yeah, you know, it's, it's all fun. I, it's, 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 a, it's good. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm at 500 subscribers or 492 or something like that. And it's funny to me because I won't put a video out for a while and I'll get six subscribers in a couple of weeks. Like there's, they're still pushing it out somewhere and getting it on some tag into some video, you mm -hmm. know? So it's, it's, it's fun. That's the main thing. Well, so. I enjoy it. I, I, I watch them every once in a while when I get a chance and, and man, I, I love it. So don't stop doing it. It's, uh, <laughs> All right, I appreciate it. it. It gives it gives me some drive to get out there and do some of that myself. So, well, and that's kind of why I do it because I, you know, I mean, I, I think I don't know if you know this or not, but you know, with the way I see, you know, one of the reasons I do do this is because I see a, what the alternative is. Like, you know, I see people who retire and don't get to enjoy life, right? right? So, I mean, that's one of the things, motivating things about going out and doing the ex whatever it is, doesn't matter if it's camping, exploring, you know, sitting in a rocking chair, whatever you like to do, get it, if you want to get it done, do it. Because sometimes we don't get to do it and something happens health-wise. So, yeah, I hear that. And I see it all the time. And, um, you know, a bunch of my buddies are like, why would you ever walk away from too young? I'm like, it's not about. I don't enjoy it. I love it. it. But there's some other parts of life I, I'm not going to get done if I sit in my chair all day. You I know? hear that. So, 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 yeah, that's that's the balancing act that we're all in. You know, that's why I do it. So, Well, but. I'm glad you do it. All right. I appreciate it. <laughs> all right. Well, you have a good one. And maybe uh, maybe this fall I'll get a hold of you and we'll uh, we'll talk more about this Montana thing. Yeah. Sounds good.
thanks a lot for listening, bitches. So, I'm excited because now, not only can you find me on Instagram, you can also find me on Facebook. And what? Oh, I got my own website. Yeah, I got little technology fingers going and built myself a website. Thank you, Squarespace. Anywho, you can go check it out at MediocreOutdoors.org. I know, it's an org, but it's not a com, it's an org. So, all one word, all lowercase, M-E-D-I-O-C-R-E-O-U-T-O-O-R-S dot O-R-G. Check me out, guys. Leave me some messages, and you can donate now to the podcast. Hopefully, pretty soon, I'm going to have some merch out, and we are going to start selling it, and you guys are going to start buying it. So, hold on to that thought. Wait after Christmas. Save your cash, and we're going to buy some merch, and you guys are going to wear my swag. So, anyways, have a good one. Talk to you later, guys.